Hello, hello, and welcome back to season two of Literally Heinous. I definitely did not explicitly like mean to take a season break, but I was doing a lot like at the end of April, I did that influencers episode with Maeve. And then the next week I did the Met Gala episode and doing two pretty grueling, not grueling, um, but like interviews back to back. I was just like really tired and I was like going to take two weeks off. But then I saw a bunch of my other podcasts like taking season breaks and I completely forgot that it was like a very normal thing to like have a season in between podcasts. So I did 21 episodes in six months, which I'm super happy with. So I took off the month of May and I'm kicking it back off, of course, talking about my experience at the Eras tour. It's a lot. So I will take you through the whole journey. I will leave no stone unturned. So starting with, I'm just going to like do like quick like summary of like my relationship with Taylor Swift and so you can like understand the context. I was an OG Taylor Swift fan. I've told this story before, but my first memory of hearing about Taylor Swift was at my 10th birthday party at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in the Embassy Suites in Atlanta. And my like childhood best friend and my like school best friend were talking and I, you know, it was like my first experience as a kid of when like two different friends from different walks of life talk. And I was like, oh, what are you guys talking about? And they said, oh, we're talking about Taylor Swift. And then they started singing our song. And then I went home and I looked up Taylor Swift and I listened to our song and I was just immediately captivated. So that same friend, my childhood friend, shout out to Caroline. We were really early Taylor Swift fans. Like I remember listening to unreleased songs on YouTube and I remember waiting and waiting and waiting for the Fearless album to come out. Um, When Fearless came out, I was obsessed. Like Love Story was literally the greatest thing that had ever happened to me. Anytime I would come on in the radio, um, when I was in the car with my family, I would force everyone to be absolutely silent so I can listen to Love Story. Like that song had a chokehold on me. I remember the last day of school in fifth grade, I went to my friend's house and she had this big CD player boombox and we played the entire li- the entire Fearless album and took turns back and forth going up and like singing the song to each other. And I just remember that clear as day and we listened to the album so many times over. I went to the Fearless concert when I was in probably like sixth grade, fifth grade maybe. And then I definitely went to the Speak Now concert too. And so by that point, I'm in like seventh grade and I was still a huge fan. My fanhood definitely tapered off when I was in like later middle school. I've noticed I'm not really consistent with being obsessed with things. I've never really had something that I've fully, fully, fully been obsessed with. Fanhood has never wavered my entire life. Like I really can't think of anything I've been like that with I guess except for maybe like Lindsay Lohan like I'm I'll always be a diehard Lindsay Lohan fan but it's like easy to be a Lindsay Lohan fan like she doesn't do that much so I fell off in high school and then going and and then all of college too so when Taylor Swift got like canceled with the Kim and Kanye stuff I wasn't anti Taylor Swift I just didn't really take the time or energy to read about it And then I got back into Taylor Swift um, going into my senior year of college. 
And I got really into her when she released Lover and then her documentary Miss Americana came out and I was really into that too. So then when COVID hit and she released Folklore, I was already back on the Taylor Swift train, but that was like full blown like obsession. Um, Being a Taylor Swift fan is really fun because there's so many things to uncover. There's so much lore and history and like rumors and stories and like all these different things. So it was really fun to get into, especially during COVID when you're just kind of like online all the time. There wasn't really that much to do. And then I got into TikTok too. So like there was just a lot to discover. And since then, I've been definitely a diehard fan. And I would always, for the last two and a half years, I've been thinking about like, oh my God, am I ever going to see Taylor again? Like, when am I going to see her again? Like, I'm not going to be able to emotionally handle it. I've had these visions of myself going to her concert, like sobbing, crying. And I remember maybe like two or two years ago, it was a super blood moon and my mom and I wrote down our manifestations and like what we wanted to happen. And I wrote down three things. And for some reason, the only one I can remember is Taylor Swift. And I wrote down like, I want to see Taylor Swift live because at that time, the only thing that I really wanted in life besides getting the job that I have right now was to see Taylor Swift live. Like it's so crazy to me that there was a point two years ago where like I couldn't even conceptualize seeing Taylor Swift. Um, so she announces the tour in November of this past year in 2022. I sign up for pre-sale and the way that she did tickets was kind of weird. You would mark down what three cities you wanted to go to and then they would kind of pick for you and give you like a special code for that city. So I ended up getting picked for um, the New Jersey East Rutherford show. So like Metro New York City. And I went with my friend. So I got the tickets. I got the pre-sale code. And I getting the tickets was not easy, but I didn't really struggle that hard. I was in the queue for like three hours just waiting for it to move. I was super anxious like all day. And then once I got in... It was so stressful because I would put two tickets in my cart. Like my friend and I, my friend Raylan and I agreed on a price point, which was I think like under $300 each was what we wanted to pay. So we agreed on a price point and I would find two tickets and put them in my cart and then they'd be gone. And then I'd find two more tickets and then they were gone. I was pouring sweat. Eventually like I got the tickets, middle bowl, and I was done. And I didn't really think about it. And then all the fallout with Ticketmaster happened. And for some reason, as soon as I got the tickets from Taylor Swift and then seeing like all the Ticketmaster stuff, I got really turned off by Taylor Swift. And I don't really know how to explain it, but it's like I struggled so much to get those tickets. There were a few weeks where I couldn't even listen to her. And she's on my daily rotation. Like I am pretty much always listening to Taylor Swift. So that was kind of weird. And I took a little bit of a break from her just because I also just wanted to cleanse my palate and get ready for the concert. So she starts touring in March and I make a conscious decision to not look at any content from the concert because I wanted to be surprised. So I tried to do a similar thing in 2019 uh, when Ariana Grande was touring. I didn't look at any of her content. I didn't look at any videos. I didn't want to know the set list. I unfollowed all the stan accounts that I followed. I wanted to be surprised. Then I find out that the concert I thought that I could go to, I couldn't actually go to. 
So that was hard. So then I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to see her. So I'll just binge all of the concert content. Whenever something comes across my phone, I will watch some videos. Then she adds like a bunch of new tour dates. So I was able to go to see her sort of towards the end of the tour. And I had the best time at her show. Like it was this amazing experience. I went with my dad, like I was crying. I was euphoric. Like even after the concert, I remember my dad and I struggled to get an Uber for like an hour, but I was just so elated that I didn't even care. Like I was just floating. Like I couldn't even conceptualize like the best show I'd ever seen. It was everything I ever wanted. And I thought at the time I was like, oh, I think it would have been cooler to have not known. So when this, when Taylor Swift tour came around, I made a promise not to look at any content. So, so when it came time to go to New York, I booked a three-day trip to New York. I went by myself. I was seeing Taylor Swift on Saturday of Memorial Weekend. So I flew in on Friday and spent the night with my friend Elsa. And I had in my head that I wanted to go out. Like, you know, when you get in that headspace where you just, you know you want to go out, balls to the wall, like nothing can stop you. So I was in that mood. We hadn't seen each other in a while and we went out Friday night and painted the town. No stone was left unturned. Like we went out to like 4 a.m. Um, but I had a super fun night. And then when Saturday rolled around, I was like, nothing can stop me. I'm seeing Taylor Swift today. No hangover can pull me out no hangover can like mess up how I feel today. So I'm kind of just like floating on that adrenaline and I go up to my friend Raylan's apartment. At this point, it's like 2.30. Taylor Swift goes on at 8. And so we kind of start getting ready. So I'm getting ready and I'm definitely feeling just like this base level anxiety. And I think it was a mixture of anxiety and then just nerves for the concert. And I wasn't hungover. So I have this theory that like either you're hungover on your deathbed, like you feel nauseous, like whatever, whatever, or you just have this like post-drinking haze where you're just like anxious. And I had the anxiety, which is arguably worse. Like if I can work through a hangover, okay? Like I can chug water, Gatorade, get McDonald's. Like I can be moving and grooving. But you can't really just get rid of like anxiety. And I was also just nervous for the concert. So we leave her apartment around like 3, 3.15. And the second we walk out of her apartment in Hell's Kitchen, we're already seeing Taylor Swift fans, which was just kind of crazy. And you can tell when someone's going to the Taylor Swift concert. So we get on three trains. So we get on the first train from Hell's Kitchen to Penn Station. Then we get on Penn Station to some other train and then we get on the other train to the new jersey transit and each train that we get on progressively gets more and more crowded and just filled with swifties it's hot and i wasn't comfortable in my outfit even though it looked good i chose fashion over comfort which i know you shouldn't do but i do it all the time so i am feeling like i can't even be myself at this point and i don't know Sometimes I get into this state and I call it wall state where I feel like I'm at a wall and I cannot authentically convey myself. It's like I feel as though I'm a an AI generated version of myself. Like the responses that are coming out of my mouth when I'm in wall state 
it's like AI. Like I'm, it's not really me. And I'm just trying to think the whole time, like, okay, be normal, be normal, be normal, be normal. Cause like, I cannot be normal when I'm in this wall state. And I remember my friend Raylan and I were having a conversation on the train and she's like super excited and super giddy. Meanwhile, I'm internally screaming kind of. And she was like talking about a song that she liked. And I go, yeah, yeah, me too. I like the bridge. And she goes, oh, do you? Do you like the bridge? And it was at that point when I realized I just said the most like basic, like weird thing you could possibly say. It was like if someone asked me like, if someone made me like this really elaborate meal and I said, yeah, I like the flavor. Like fucking obviously I like the flavor. So I'm just trying really hard to like maintain a sense of normalcy. And meanwhile, I'm getting texts like pouring in from friends and family and people responding to my story saying like, oh my God, have the best time tonight. I can't wait to hear about everything. Like you're going to have the best time, which is so nice. And I just am so grateful that I had people that like knew I was going and thought about me and like took the time to like wish me a good time, which is seriously like the nicest thing ever. I'm so grateful for that. Then I had people responding to my stories because I posted that I was going saying, oh my God, that concert changed my life. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And then like someone else texting me, I hope you walk out of the concert a different person. So leading up to this concert, all I've seen online and all I've heard about was like how amazing it is. And every friend that I've texted asked how it was it. I immediately get a response in all caps like, OMG, it was the best night of my life. I can't believe it was real. You're going to have the best time. And that was consistently all I was hearing. I have not to this day heard a single differing opinion from anybody that went to the concert, whether like the biggest Taylor Swift fan, a new Taylor Swift fan, or like someone like this guy from work who kind of begrudgingly went with his wife, like every single person unequivocally, unequivocally has said it was the best show of their life. And it was an amazing performance. And I don't know if you guys saw this TikTok, but like a few days before Zoe sent me a TikTok and it was someone recording like an old man, like not an old man, like a dad sitting down at the Taylor Swift concert and they zoom in on his phone and he's typing in like 50 point font like to his wife and he's saying like, this is the most amazing show that I've ever seen. I am immediately getting tickets for us and the kids. And so it's just stuff like that where it's just constantly like everything from like everywhere that I've seen has told me how amazing this show is and people are responding to me and people are texting me. So I'm thinking in my head on the train, it's really hot. I, I can like actively see the sweat from the back of my thighs like sticking to the chair. And I'm trying really hard to just be as normal as possible and just trying to calm myself the fuck down. So we get off the train and we get right to where the stadium is. It's really packed and I'm fine. The thing about me is like I can work through anxiety and I'm not trying to sound like I'm better than anyone but like when I'm having anxiety like if I need to pull it together like I can pull it together like Meryl Streep acting level like I'm never like the kind where I'm like panicking and like I can't like I can really I'm like a high functioning anxious person so we're standing in line at security it's a really long line it's just like bottlenecking like crowds of people bottlenecking into like six different spots for security So we get in through security. We were in line for maybe like 10 minutes. We ride up the escalator, two escalators to our seat. We were on the second bowl, like the 200 section. And we go into our section. We get into our seats. And at this point, it's like 4.30. Like we were there pretty early. Taylor Swift doesn't come on till 8. We had two openers. 
Gracie Abrams, who wasn't even on yet, and then Phoebe Bridgers. So I'm thinking like, okay, maybe I'll get a cold beer because I was at that point of anxiety where either alcohol will really hurt or it will really help. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the risk and I'm just going to get a beer. Luckily, it really didn't do either. Like I wasn't really thriving. I just like couldn't feel it. And then that's when I knew that I was in wall state. So when I get into wall state, no amount of alcohol that I ingest will do anything. If I'm at a wall state, I could drink 50 beers and feel absolutely nothing. It's like I just, I can't emote. I cannot convey emotions. I cannot convey like a genuine thought. I'm just acting on operation. So I'm trying to be as normal as fuck, but I'm also internally panicking about how there's 70,000 people in this arena. Like, what if something crazy happens? Like, what if when we're leaving, there's a shooting? What if like there's a bomb on the train? Like, What if something crazy happens? There's this helicopter that's circling the stadium because the stadium was outdoor and it was circling it the whole night. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what is going on? Like, this is a huge crowd of people. And then I'm still getting texts from people saying like, have the best night. I can't wait to hear every detail. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to have a good time. I got to have a good time. So when my friend was in the bathroom, I'm sitting in the seat, like closing my eyes and trying to take as many deep breaths as possible and just trying to really be present in the moment because I wanted to have a good time, of course. Like I'd been thinking about this concert for months leading up to going. I was listening to Taylor Swift constantly. And one other element to the anxiety is this thing called secret songs. So Taylor Swift at every show does two secret songs. So these are songs that aren't officially on the set list. And usually they're like older songs from a previous album, songs that she doesn't normally play. And it's become like, okay, I am torn as to whether she should continue doing secret songs because it has caused so much anxiety and like competition between the fans So for the last like three weeks, once we were getting closer to Taylor Swift, because I really kind of like blocked it out of my mind for a while. Like I would, you know, I obviously saw her in late May, like she started touring like early March. So I just kind of wanted to like take a little break and then get myself back into her. And when I was listening to Taylor Swift leading up to the concert, I could not stop thinking about what my surprise songs would be. Like every song that came up, I would be like, what if that's my surprise song? And I'm not going to lie, Taylor has some duds like some major fucking duds. And to make matters worse, I didn't know what was on the set list. I mean, I knew of a few things. So I didn't know what would be on there. I'd be listening to songs and I'd be like, am I going to hear that one? Like, is it on the set list? Oh my God, if it's not on the set list, I'm going to cry. Oh my God, like if she plays that song at a different stadium, like I'm going to cry. And it just caused a lot of anxiety. And so I couldn't really stop thinking about that too. Like before Taylor would come on, I was just thinking like, what are my surprise songs going to be? It was all I was thinking about. So Raylan and I get really acclimated to our seats and we start really noticing the people around us because it's kind of like who you're seated next to at something like this. You really got to get to know them. So we had the cutest family next to us. So they were all the way, they were at the end of the aisle right next to us. It was a mom and a dad. They were probably in their 50s. The mom literally looked like Gwyneth Paltrow. She had like rich mom vibes to her. The dad just looked like dad who was just there for the vibes. And then they had their two teenage kids in front of them. It was definitely like a 17-year-old boy and maybe like a 14-year-old girl. 
And they were just so cute. Like the boy and the girl, they were like singing to Phoebe Bridgers and like recording each other. And the boy would like turn around and like tap them on and be like, oh my God, mom, like this is that song that I showed you. And I was just watching them blissfully just being like, wow, I would love to have that one day. And like we took a picture of the whole family and they were so nice. You know, those like rich family vibes where they just look so cohesive and they were all just having such a good time. And it was so cute that they bought four tickets like two together and then two in the row above. So then also in front of us was like this teenage girl and definitely like her gay best friend and they were so cute together. So the girl, she was wearing one of those like goofy box costumes like as a traffic light because Taylor sings about traffic lights a lot. And she and her friend were so cute. They were literally jumping up and down, like holding hands and like singing to Phoebe Bridgers. And Phoebe Bridgers is this very like indie, kind of like melancholy artist. I do like Phoebe Bridgers. I'm just not like a diehard. And the girl, I like watched her become friends with the other girl next to him, next to her. And they like exchange bracelets because that's a really big thing at Taylor Swift concerts. It's mostly like for the kids but to like make little beaded bracelets with different words or phrases from Taylor Swift songs and you trade them at shows. And I watched them do their little bracelet trade and they were just so cute. And truly one of my favorite parts of the show was just watching people and just watching them interact and like share these experiences with each other and just like seeing the outfits that people handmade and like how creative people dressed and like the references that they made and just like, it was amazing. So we really got to know our seats. So at this point, Taylor Swift is, it's like 7.45, Taylor Swift comes on at eight. And we go, actually no, it was like 7.30. And we go to get one more drink before it, it starts. I knew that I wasn't gonna like, this drink would do nothing for me, but I just got one for the vibes. And then we come back to our seats and by this point, it's probably like 7.45. And there's two girls sitting in our seats. So we're getting ready to square up with these hoes. And we talked to them. And me and Ray Lynn were in the wrong seats. And we were like, oh my God, like the show was about to start. We loved our seats. We loved our neighbors. And we had to go to our other seats. Luckily, they were just, like we were in the right area. We were just at the wrong side of the section. So we go to our new seats. And... Ugh, our neighbors were just not the vibe. So we had this annoying TikTok couple in front of us. They were probably like 19. And the, these two people, they were just taking pictures and videos of each other the whole time. Like she would like cradle his head into her hands and like they would, cause they were directly in front of me. So they were basically shoving their phone like in my face to take selfies the whole time. They were super fucking annoying. And then to our right was this guy who I saw at the security line at like the very, very beginning when we first got there. Because Zoe and I have this inside joke about guys that wear all black and purple ties. So like wearing a black um, like button down shirt and black pants and a purple tie. I don't know what prompted us to make this observation, but we've just said that every like lame like internet weird guy always wears like a black suit and a purple tie like it's very bar mitzvah vibes it's just like the kind of guy that has given absolutely zero thought into their appearances and they know they need to dress up for something so they just wear all black and throw on a purple tie to be silly so back when we're in the security line when we first got there like texted zoe like oh my god i just saw a black suit purple tie when we have to move to our new seats guess who we're sitting next to 
black suit, purple tie, out, out of 70,000 people we could have been sat next to. So we had them. And then to our left, the girls were okay. But at one point, and this was my fault, they said like, oh, can you guys scoot over? You're pushing us into the aisle. So then, which of course they had every right to do. And like, we probably were pushing them into the aisle, but it just kind of like threw me off and like made me nervous all night. Cause I was scared that like, I was going to be like pushing back into them. And then behind us, these like groups of girls, this group of girls like in their thirties. And at one point during the show, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. I just didn't know the best place to put this in the story to be chronological, but to be relevant. At one point during the show, during like a quiet moment, like in between, not in between songs, but during like a quiet part of a song, she screams, you go capitalist queen. And it was the dumbest, most like out of place thing I've ever heard. Like I'm fully aware of the criticisms about Taylor Swift and how she's like money oriented and how she's always doing these weird cash grabs and she's not a feminist. Like she's only like a feminist when it's relevant. Listen, I get it. Okay. I understand. But at the same time, like, are you not at her show? Like, I'm assuming that you're a fan because I've been watching you sing and dance all night. So, like, why would you just say that and just to spit out something that you obviously read on Twitter? It was just really weird and out of place, like, because it was just also, like, so uncalled for and, like, un like irrelevant in the moment. Like, you literally just read that on the internet and now you're, like, saying it to be funny. But you, it was just odd okay it's odd and I'm not denying the allegations but it was fucking odd okay so that's just like paint around like who we were and who we were near and it, it just sucked going from like this adorable family and then like those two teenagers and I was so excited to watch them all night because like people watching truly is like the best part of going to a Taylor Swift concert and just to be with these freaks anyways the countdown starts because she puts up a little clock and she goes on early. So her show was supposed to start at 8, but she comes out at 7.53. So that's something I will caution you about. Like, if you go to Taylor Swift, like, get your final drinks and final bathroom at 7.30. Like, after 7.50, like, you could be pushing it. So she comes on and, like, I'm super excited, but, like, I just, I was still in that, like, wall state. Like, I just felt like I couldn't feel that genuine, like, rush of endorphins that I've gotten before. And she comes out and I was like excited, but I just felt weird. And then she, she starts doing the first set, which was Lover. And that was really good. No complaints from me. Um, and then she goes into the next era, which was Fearless. And that was truly the only point where I like actually like kind of lost my mind because I didn't know that she played so many songs from Fearless, which was her second album, which is truly the album that's like the most dear to me because it literally is the soundtrack of my childhood. That was definitely the only point in the concert where I like completely, like the wall came down, like the rush of endorphins, like I felt it. And then I I was aware of me feeling those feelings. And I was like, okay, hold on to this, hold on to this. I got to feel like this for the rest of the show. And then I just kind of shut down again. And I kind of just felt like someone was driving me. Like I was seeing everything, hearing everything, comprehending everything. And I was reacting in a way that I felt like I should react without like actually feeling it. So I get through the rest of the concert and I just don't really get out of this like wall state. I just felt like I was 
acting how I should act when in reality all I wanted to do was just like sit and watch like the show on the screen and I know that I could have done that but I just I don't know like I didn't want I mean I wanted to do it but I didn't want to do it if that makes sense like I wasn't tired I I was just really like wound up on like anxiety and just like wondering what was going to happen next and wondering what the fuck my surprise songs were going to be. So I really do regret not familiarizing myself with the set list. I always wanted to do this for a big show to be surprised and I've seen people like now that I'm really watching concert content since like I've already seen it. People say that they did it too and like couldn't stop screaming because they were so excited and like I just I wanted to be like that. But I think having been in the state that I was in, I wish that I had familiarized myself with the content so that I would just know what to expect and know what was coming. And I think that also would have alleviated my surprise song anxiety because when I saw what, when I heard what she played, I was like, oh my God, like there are so many of my favorite songs on here. Like I think I would have felt okay with whatever my surprise songs were if I liked them or didn't like them because the set list was already good. So the concert is long. The concert is three hours long. And when I first heard that, I was like, let's go. Like, love that so much. And then when it got to be like two and a half hours in, I was ready to go. And I just wanted to die when I realized that I felt that way. Because when it got to like two hours in, like two and a half hours in, I realized that I was never going to get to that euphoric state. I kept thinking like since so many people have said, oh, it's a life-changing show. Like I've never been that happy. It was the best day of my life. The whole time I was going through the show, I was waiting for when it would hit me. Like I was waiting for, okay, like when's it going to be the turning point that it's the best night of my life? And then once I got that far in, I realized like, oh, like this is the show. Like what more could she possibly do? And this, by the way, is no reflection on Taylor at all in the slightest it is a fabulous show it's literally a three hour long super bowl like it's such a good show like this is not really a reflection on her and i'm still like working through my thoughts about like what happened at the show like what went wrong for me and i think it can all just like it just traced back to like anxiety about the crowds which normally I'm fine with crowds. Like I'm kind of a party girl. Like I go to festivals. So like, but it's just every once in a while when I like kind of get that thought in my head that like, you know, something really bad could happen. Then I, it's like non-recoverable for me. It's that. And then being like physically far from home. Like I flew in for this. I'm in New Jersey. Not only am I like far away from home, but I'm far away from where I'm staying. I'm three train rides away. And I don't know how to work the trains. I don't know where I'm going. I'm relying on my friend. And I'm thinking the whole time, like, okay, when this show ends, 70,000 people are going to be exiting the stadium all trying to get on the same train. Also, my feet hurt like a bitch because I went out until 4 a.m. the night before, which was stupid. So my feet hurt. I'm in my socks basically the last two hours of the show. And I'm uncomfortable because I'm wearing a mini skirt. And my thighs are chafing because my thighs touch when I walk. And I will not apologize for that. And I was all around uncomfortable. And the thing is, I knew that I would be uncomfortable 
Because when I tried on my outfit at the boutique I bought it from, I said, I'm going to chafe and my armpits are going to sweat because it's like a turtle, a sequin turtleneck. But I don't care because I'll be at Taylor Swift having the best night of my life. So I fucking knew that I would be in pain and I actively chose an outfit that looked better than something that would be more comfortable. Because I knew at, at the time when I bought this and the outfit in February, I was like, I'm going to be having such a damn good time at Taylor Swift that I, it won't even matter what I'm wearing. Just take a minute and let that sink in for how idiotic I am. But honestly, look, I don't really have regrets because I did look good. So whatever. So that's just like the combination. Anxiety, discomfort, and then on top of all of it, the whole time I'm thinking, when I realize that it's not going to hit me, there's not going to be this like euphoric moment. Like, I don't know like what I was thinking would occur. Like, I just thought like at some point in the concert, like it would hit me that like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like the wall would come down and like, I'd just be like soaring at this bliss. And then when that didn't happen, I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I going to tell my friends and family? I'm already like getting texts from people like, call me tomorrow. I want to hear about it. And the whole time I'm thinking like, I cannot lie and say this is the best night of my life because quite frankly, I want to go home. And it just like crushed me. And I'm a very like honest person when it comes to that stuff. Like I am an exaggerator, but I'm not like a liar. And I am a very animated and passionate person. Like when, okay, case study. When I was in New York in December, that time I got food poisoning, I saw this play, this musical, this off-Broadway musical called Titanic. And I talked about it um, on the podcast episode. When I was at that musical, I had that like euphoric bliss. Like I didn't want that show to end. Like I was praying that it wouldn't end. Like when the last, like when they were standing in uh, bowels or whatever, like I was yelling and screaming. Like when I exited that play, I felt like I was floating. It has been six months since this musical and I have not stopped talking about it. Like I had that like intimate connection and I, it is, I'm not kidding, changed my life. Like I am obsessed with Celine Dion now. Like I talk about it all the time. Anyone that's been to New York, I basically like do grassroots promoting for this play and that and when I talk about it to people I say like oh my god it changed my life like it was the best show because like I mean it in a in a way like of course I'm exaggerating like it didn't alter the course of my life but it was something it was an experience that I had that was probably the best musical theater experience I've ever had in my life besides when I was a senior in high school and I saw Jekyll and Hyde. So I am capable of those emotions. And then I was also like that with Ariana Grande. Like I had that blissful experience. I don't think at any point I said that her concert changed my life, but I definitely hold that concert very near and dear to my heart. So I think that like with my friends and family, like it's no secret that I can get really emotional and passionate about things. And so I knew that they were expecting me because since every other person who's gone to that concert has said, oh, it was amazing. It was the best show I've ever seen. They're naturally thinking, oh, well, Lily's going to think that too. And that's what I thought too, because I was like, oh, well, if everyone is saying that this is the best night of their life, I'm going to think that too. So when I'm standing there at the concert, I can like actively feel the blisters like forming pus at the bottom of my feet. 
and the first layer of skin on my inner thighs is rubbing off and I'm just like not myself like a chat GPT version of myself I'm just thinking like how am I gonna how am I gonna get through this and I envisioned myself recording this podcast a few weeks ago saying like that it was the best night of my life and I'm thinking like oh my god like when I record literally heinous I can't fake it like I just can't like I'm a very like honest and blunt person and I'm sitting standing next to my friend who's obviously like having the best night of her life in two and a half hours she leans over to me and says I never want this to end I wish you would stay on for two more hours and I'm thinking like I want to go home like now like I need this to end and I just was crushed. And I just want to reiterate one more time that's no reflection of Taylor. It truly was an amazing show. It was me. Like, I'm the problem. It's me. So when the surprise song time rolled around, I was actually, I was excited because I knew it was like almost the end of the show, which is terrible. I know. And she sings the first song. She does a little intro for it. And it was Holy Ground, this album on her fourth album, Red. And I was eh on that song. Like, honestly, I didn't know the words. And then the next song, she... So the first surprise song, she does it on the guitar by herself. And then the second one, she does it on the piano. And I had been watching... Like, I watch the surprise songs because it's not really a spoiler for me because I know that, like, she's obviously not going to play them again. And the weekend before this show, she played this song called The Best Day which is like a song about her mom on the Fearless album. And I literally watched the video like five times and like cried, like actually cried. And this was a week ago, which is crazy. So when she goes to the piano, I'm like, oh my God, maybe this is it. And she doesn't even do an intro. The best part of these surprise songs is when she speaks about the song beforehand without telling you what it is. So she like drops little clues and like teases you and then she gets into it. And for this song, she went right into False God, which is a song that I really, really like. But I just don't have like a diehard, like Swifty connection to it. And I do really like the song. I just don't have that like imprintation on it. But she doesn't even do an intro for it. And I was really upset. And I kind of wished. So one of my main complaints about the show is that I wished that she had talked to us more. Some people don't like when artists talk at their shows and I just don't get that. I love when the artists talk because you're never it's always something different. Like maybe it's along the same lines, but like an improvised speech, it's such an intimate moment that it only happens like one time. Like they sing the same songs every night, but they give different speeches every time and I felt like we weren't talked to enough. Like I felt like she didn't even introduce the second surprise song and I don't know, I guess I just wanted her to talk more and then another reason why I regret not familiarizing myself with this set list is that I didn't know what was different so I think that when you know what to expect at a show like you know all the songs that she sings you know the order that she does it you also know like when she deviates from the script and she does so many like cool things at the show like different like facial expressions and dances and like little speeches and like words here and there but like I didn't know the whole time I wanted to ask Raylan I was like does she always do that does she always do this is that new 
because it is really special when you when they do something different you're like oh my god like she's never done that at another show before like that's so exciting like that's unique to us so that is another reason why I kind of wished I familiarized myself with it so by the time she gets to the last section which is Midnight's her most recent album I I was in a better mood like because it was about to end and I know that sounds terrible but also like a three-hour show that is a long show and yes I'm aware that I was out until four the night before but it's a long show and just the energy of like everyone around me and I'm just hyper aware of everyone that's around me like the TikTok couple was pissing me off fucking Bernie Sanders behind me like everything it was just a lot and the whole time I was like oh my god like how are we going to get home? Like I kept hearing like nightmare stories, like train down, train delays. Like it's 70,000 people competing for the same trains. And luckily, like I asked Raylan, I was like, do you want to go during the last song? And I don't know why Taylor Swift doesn't do this, but she doesn't have an encore. Like there's no encore, which is totally fine. Like I obviously wasn't complaining, but like at Ariana Grande, for example, like she sang her last song and like, you know, you think the show's over and then you like keep cheering. And then she comes out and sings Thank You Next. Uh, but there's no encore. So I was like pretty happy about that. And I asked Berlin, I'm like, do you want to go during the last song, which was Karma? And she said yes. So like during the last verse of Karma, we booked it. Meanwhile, like this is, I've been in my socks for two hours because my feet hurt so bad. I have to put on my heeled boots and run to the train. And I like said to Raylan, I was like, I can't run. Like I really can't do it. And she was like, I'm so incredibly sorry, but we have to. And I wanted to die in that moment, but I was so grateful that I pulled it together. So we are hustling and bustling. And there's definitely like a crowd starting to leave the concert. And just the people are like shoulder to shoulder, sardines, bottlenecking into this little train car. But we get on the train. We get on the first train out. We were door to door at the stadium inside of her apartment in an hour. Like, I could not have asked for anything better. We took the same three trains home, almost missed the last train because I could not get my Apple Pay to work. I was freaking out. Like, the train was, doors were closing. My Apple Pay wasn't working. Ray Lynn, like, had already made it through the turnstile. I'm freaking out. And then somehow it works. And then the girl in front of us literally pried the doors open of the subway car. So thank God for that girl because I would have never done that. We made it home. And I just, I was at this mix of just, like, so wound up but also so tired like I couldn't even form a thought but I was just so grateful to be back and it I had to like wind down I didn't end up going to bed until about three I had to like watch TikTok in Seinfeld until like I just felt like I could breathe again I was like manually breathing you know when like breathing isn't natural to you like you have to manually breathe I was doing that and I just I was exhausted (laughs) So I wake up in the morning and I'm just already dreading like what I'm going to say to people. So the texts start rolling in from like Jack, my mom, like my best friends, like Zoe and Dana. And everyone's like, how was it? How was it? And I just say like, it was so good because I'm not like, I'm still capturing my thoughts. And then Raylan and I are talking in the morning. We're just talking about the show. But like, I still in good conscience can't say that it was the best night of my life. Of course, it wasn't the worst. I And I need to reiterate this. I didn't have a bad time. I did not have a bad time. I did enjoy the show, but I didn't have this experience that everyone else had and it absolutely crushed me that like I didn't have it. And I'm still like wrestling with these like conflicting feelings that I'm having 
because I don't think that everyone's like exaggerating like and I don't think the show was overhyped because I am an I'm like realistic enough to know that like like okay what could she possibly do that would like change my life like there's nothing that she could do that would like really and truly change my life it was I was in a state of anxiety and when you get in that state like there's really nothing that can pull you out of it and I think like had I been on my home turf like had I been more comfortable in my shoes had I not gone out till 4 p.m the night before like I think that it would be different but I also do think that the expectations were extremely extremely high and I wasn't let down by Taylor at all I was more let down by myself and I was just kicking myself I'm like well why are all these other people having these amazing life-changing experiences but like I wanted to leave the whole time And I was really nervous to like talk about it and I didn't even want to tell anyone. But I think like if you haven't gone yet, like it's important to know that like it's a lot. Like it's a huge concert. It's a big deal. I mean, cities are like kind of shutting down for this thing. Like it's probably the biggest concert of the decade. So like it's very normal to feel out of your element. Like my biggest recommendations are be comfortable like really and truly be comfortable and like have a plan like know how you're getting home like know how you're getting there like make sure you're really solid and comfortable with that plan and just like be present and like take it really easy and be really gentle with yourself don't go out the night before I mean maybe do go out the night before but I will say this I had no regrets like okay yeah I probably shouldn't have gone out that late but I think I would have had the same experience regardless of if I'd gone out or not And I went to New York as like a trip, like my Memorial Day weekend trip. I stayed for three nights and I did a fucking awesome time on Friday. And I had a good time on Saturday too. And on Sunday, I had a really good time going to my friend's improv show in Brooklyn. So like just reframing my thinking, like I didn't go to New York just for Taylor. Like I went to go visit other friends. Um, So just relax. And like it's a concert, but it's not your wedding. It's not the birth of your first child. Like whatever your secret songs are, like it'll be fine. And it's okay. So justice for people that didn't have their lives changed at taylor swift um but that's all that i have to share right now i'm still like kind of processing a lot of these thoughts tbd on if i go in detroit um but yeah i'm super excited for the rest of this season i'll have another episode i'll be back to like my monday scheduling i just wanted to get this one out as soon as possible so i should one should have one out on two mondays from now but thank you so much for listening see you soon